Is this mic on? Check, check one, check two. Is this mic on? Oh, it's on. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian's on here. You're a host doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. This is episode 92. We're creeping up. We are creeping up to 100, which is just crazy to me. You know what this is? This is all the latest news surrounding everything inside the world of Apple. This is our weekly show for those of you that are new to the show. Just a couple things of business. First of all, to support this show, patreon.com slash Brian Tong. Starting at $2 a month, the biggest thing that you'll get is an ad-free version of the show, plus different bonuses at different levels, but we'll talk about that later. Also, we want you to be a part of the show. You got to call in. Everybody, call in applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. And I'm going to tell you right now, as we get things started, this has not been the best week for me because yesterday, and this is why the show is coming out a little later, yesterday I was playing basketball at my basketball league. It just started back up, and we only had five players playing, which meant our bench was completely empty. And these two kids were like hanging out on our bench, supposedly watching the game. And then after the game, I chopped it up with them a little, just asking them like, oh, what what they're up to. Just because I was being a normal good person, I was just like saying, what's up? I didn't have any suspicion or anything stupid like that. Then when I get to my backpack, the top pouch was open. At least they left my car keys and wallet, but they took my iPhone. They took my freaking iPhone 11 Pro. So I had to get that all squared away. You know, it was weird. I was just kind of more, the thing is I'm not, I didn't freak, I got mad or annoyed that my iPhone was gone. But in the scheme of things, it could have been a lot worse. It's just an iPhone. And I was actually more mad that I took time to just be cool with them and talk to them. And there is no doubt that they were the ones that took it. The supposedly, they they were, maybe it was them, but another phone was stolen last week. I didn't know this, but anyways, I'm without it, my iPhone 11 Pro, which I will live and live with, and I'll be fine with that. I, I've got to go through a few things to get a replacement the proper way. I, I got Apple Care Plus on it, but when you buy your phone, you can actually get Apple Care Plus and then theft and stolen loss prevention. So normal Apple Care Plus, I think is like $9.99 a month, but if you get the you know, the one that covers it, if it's ever been left, uh, lost or stolen, it's $14.99 a month. So I didn't get that one. I've never gotten that one. I just get the basic Apple Care, And that actually would have come in handy. But, you know, it is what it is. So I'm kind of like, dang, you stole my iPhone 11 Pro. And they turned it off right away. So I couldn't track it with find my iPhone. I'm pretty sure they took the SIM card out and they're going to try and maybe sell it for parts or something. I mean, it's set where if they turn it on and connect it to any internet connection that it sees, which they shouldn't if they were smart, then I'll get an alert, but it doesn't matter. It's pretty much gone. Anyways, that's how my week has been going. I don't know about how yours is, but I hope you all had, honestly, that's in the scheme of things. Again, it's really nothing. I mean, we're lucky to talk about tech and have fun with it, but you know, it's just more of a hassle more than anything else. And, uh, just still thankful to be able to do all this stuff. So let's get into the stories this week. Nothing really earth-shaking, but a lot of little things here and there. Look, we're at the end of October, and we don't know. There were so many rumors that, hey, Apple's going to have another second event. Apple's going to have enough to give us another event. We've been talking about it. I've been talking about it. I've been hyped up about it. 
I don't know if we're going to see another event this year. Maybe they surprise us and do it in the first week of November or second week, and they just really push it right towards that holiday. Maybe, okay, there's still hope. Again, I don't know this for a fact if it's actually going down or not, but look, we have two reports, at least the latest reports. One of them still claims that the 16-inch MacBook Pro is still coming at the end of October. That's according to Digitimes. Their report says their supply chain sources, which have been or can be hit or miss, but they claim that Taiwanese manufacturer Quanta Computer, who supplies and assembles a lot of the parts that Apple works with for their products, they they do stuff with the uh, Apple Watch as well. Well, the report says that Quanta Computer has been begun volume shipments of the 16-inch MacBook Pro, sending them out into the world. The 16-inch Pro, we talked about it last week, an icon was leaked inside of Macos Catalina, an actual icon labeled 16 with the number 16 that has a different design, slimmer bezels, a different keyboard, right? All just those subtle new things. Like, I like it, but I'm not in a position where I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go buy a new 16-inch MacBook Pro right now. Not, I don't know. I mean, I can sell my 15-inch, but look, I'm, I'm trying to keep it mean and lean right now. But anyways, according to the reports, we're expected to see a 16-inch MacBook Pro still by the end of the month. We'll see then another report by Chinese website China Economic Daily says that we still expect to see the AirPods Pro, aka AirPods 3, we talked about it last week, to launch at the end of October with the new design, the new noise-canceling feature, the silicone rubberized tips, and a $260 price tag, which would be $100 more than the current AirPods that are $159 before the wireless charging case, $199 with the wireless charging case. This report doesn't say if these new Pro, whatever that word means to Apple, if these Pro, because these are noise-canceling earbuds. These aren't Pro earbuds, okay? Come on, let's be real. Unless they are like, these are actually, we'll show you how professionals can use this. We'll see. We'll see. But anyways, um, they will have the H1 chip in them, which allows for uh, better syncing. And then obviously the hands-free, no need to you know, hit a button to prompt Siri or touch the AirPods themselves. So right now, two reports say that those two products are still expected to come out the end of October. Look, if we look at our calendar right now, depending on when you listen to this, podcast October 31st is Thursday of next week now if they introduce these products a there's no way there's going to be an event if they do make October 31st because Apple would have had to send the events they're not going to send them on the same week as the actual uh live reveal or these will be an online announcement from Apple or we see it in November early November first week second week We'll see. Again, still no word about um, the pricing and configurations of the new Mac Pros. We still have not seen anything following up with their Apple Tag platform. I think they should just keep that for next year and make it a surprise or, you know, just polish it up, make sure it's good to go, even though we know it exists. I think it's good. that's actually going to be a big, another kind of bucket that they can pull revenue from to support all their other things that they're doing. That Apple Tags thing, I'm going to tell you right now, I will... I will definitely probably use them and then I'm going to put an Apple tag on my iPhone so those punks, so I can track those punks down. Although they might pull it off, which would probably be the smart thing to do for them too. Anyways, 
Um, we'll see what happens. But next Thursday is the 31st of October. We will know if we get any announcements by the end of the month. Also, obviously, iPhone SE2 rumors. A new report from our friend Ming-Chi Kuo says that they will be using just a little bit of tidbits of this new iPhone SE2. We They may not even call it the SE2. They might... What if they called it the 9? Ugh. People will be like, how can you release the iPhone 9 when you already released the 10, the 10s, and the 11? You can't do that. Apple can do whatever they want. Anyways, this so-called iPhone SE2 is going to be equipped with a LCP, which stands for liquid crystal polymer antenna design, which would help it with improved wireless transmission. The expected size of this will be a 4.7-inch display, touch ID home button, Still getting the internal guts with a faster A13 Bionic chip, which is pretty much up to speed with what's out there today. And three gigs of RAM expected to start at the magic, lovely number, thanks Apple, of 64 gigs and then a 120 gig storage option coming in space gray, silver, and red expected to be arriving sometime in the first quarter of 2020. That would be the iPhone SE2. The other little tidbit about it is that Rumors, as they continue to swirl, LG is reportedly in talks to supply the LCD displays for the iPhone SE2 as well. So there you go. I'm, you know, no, no one's really talked about it. I haven't heard from you all. Are you guys and gals still looking at the iPhone SE2? I hear about it all the time, but I'm curious. Are you holding out for the iPhone SE2 still? I want to hear about it. I want to hear whatever you guys and gals are thinking about. Applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's Applebits with a Z because there are plenty of people that that form factor, they're like, I can do everything in one hand. That's all I care about. And they they make, it's, it's, a, it's a legit point. Also, Tim Cook was recently interviewed and in an article from GQ, he spoke about Apple's environmental efforts, right? How they try and be green. I'm I'm going to tell you right now, people aren't talking about this enough, but you know, AirPods, many people that have first gen AirPods, now the battery charge doesn't hold. Some it's like I feel like my first gen ones are like maybe around an hour or so, they're completely done. Like it's it's really poor, right? And there's no way to change out the battery inside of these. Apple's always done that. They haven't made it very user replaceable. But now what? People are just going to be throwing these AirPods away or just holding on to them, but they're going to become useless. And it's just another e-waste thing. It's not like Apple has an AirPods recycling program yet. Are they going to do anything like that? Because that's a lot. That Those are like headphones like that that kind of become disposable and have batteries in them. That's a lot of e-waste. We know that we in the U.S. ourselves account for so much of the e-waste but i think about that product i'm like man that's got that's going to be a pain in the butt you're gonna have all these little airpods hanging on the ocean i don't even want to think about that because i'm an ocean lover but that that is concerning to me now tim cook spoke to gq about their efforts but also their trading program and he says that one third or more of Apple store visitors are now using their trade-in program when they buy a new iPhone. And I'm gonna tell you, I think, I believe that not only is it they have the data, but in the past, I used to always sell my iPhone on eBay because you know, for that extra work, you get a little extra money from it, 
and I keep myself in really good condition. I keep all the original packaging. I use like the old power adapters from a long time ago. So someone gets the new power adapters. Like, you know, you're getting like a 9.5 out of 10. You're getting a pristine iPhone when I, when I give it, when I sell it, unless I dropped it, which I don't, right? So this is the first year because I didn't have time to do it that I, that I just traded in my phone. I'm like, I don't have the time. I'm so busy hustling over here that it's easier for me just to walk into the store, hand over my phone, maybe get $100 less, and then do that trade-in right like that. And so just from a pure convenience thing, I think it makes sense. The reality is that Apple's actually even making, because they're not giving you those same rates that you might find online, like you literally could probably sell your iPhone for, you know, let's let's say around 75 to 60% of the cost you paid for. And Apple's giving you basically around 40%-ish of what you paid for. That's a big difference. And so, you know, with all these parts and how they're, they'll recycle the products and Apple's making money off of their trading program too. Don't, don't be fooled. They wouldn't, they wouldn't offer a trading program if they weren't making money from that in as well. This is a Tim Cook special, right? So, Apple is their trading program. It's working. I'm assuming a lot of you also traded in your phones. I don't know how many people tell me like, yeah, I set it up and I did this fancy thing and I sold it on eBay. I don't think that happens nearly as much anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, that's happening. Also, future iPhones expected to now adopt the new low power backplane technology. It's called LTPO, low power backplane technology in future iPhones. And this is interesting because that technology has been used in the Apple Watch. And the reason why it's important is because, right, if you've kind of noticed, the Apple Watch has been this testing ground for Apple, not testing ground, but they'll use some of the new screen technology on it first before it comes to the actual iPhone. And it is smart of them for them to kind of use it on a small scale. Now, here's the description. I'll try and read it. And so it's not too nerdy technical about their low power LTPO display. So it's a low temperature polysilicon and oxide display and and oxide display that features reinvented pixel architecture. It basically lets the screen refresh rate dip from 60 hertz to a low power sipping one hertz when the watch is inactive. So you know about the always on display that Apple Watch has that a lot of people are like, oh, it's draining all my battery. Well, the idea of this low power display is that when it goes into this mode where the watch is pretty much inactive, you'll still be able to use it, right? You'll, there's an ambient light sensor in the new Apple Watch Series 5 that works together with it. So it also can kind of showcase what this, what is on your display in a simplified watch face. Now they say the Apple Watch Series 5 gives you 18 hours of battery life. Now Apple is looking to adopt this technology to then the obvious direction or path we're going into is that we're going to get it always on display on an apple iphone coming up soon which technically they could still do right now with their oled displays but they're not and at the same time the iphone 11 pro has given me the most battery life that i've ever had in an iphone hold on let me, let me correct that the iphone 11 pro had given me the most battery life of it. That is so sad. It's not that sad, but dude, I'm just like, oh, it sucks. Why'd you got to do that to me, guys? Anyways, this new screen uh, technology 
Remember the transition from Apple to OLED? It started with the Apple Watch in 2015. The iPhone 10 got it in 2017. So keep your eye out on this new LTPO type display as a new feature of the iPhone. Let's see, not, we're at 11. Okay, let's say we get 11S or 12. Okay, so two generations from now, two years from now, most likely the iPhone 12 is where we'd expect to see that. So wow, always on display for an iPhone and the iPhone 12. (laughs) There's a lot of phones that have always on display for a lot longer. Also, if we're kind of looking forward to 2020, kind of a little quick summary from Mark Gurman from Bloomberg. You know, he's a friend of the show, is really pushing the thought, and he's right, that 2020 is going to be a big, big year for Apple. It um, really could be the year of AR, especially for Apple smart glasses. Now, according to his report, 2020 looks to be the target for Apple to roll out the new Apple AR glasses. We could see it in 2020 next year. Now, that date is not firm. Obviously, if something happens, they could push that out further. But as of now, 2020 is the targeted release date for Apple's AR headset. I mean, I you know, we've been hearing about this for a while, but that's crazy because if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, for years I've been saying, look, the next big product that Apple could really do just because no one's really mastered it yet and Apple could do it in their simple, um, you know, classy, clean way would be the Apple glasses. I have felt that way for, geez, four or five years. Like, that would be their next big thing. Now, again, right, we've seen competitors try this and not really be successful. If anyone knows about aesthetics, it's Apple. These Apple glasses, I've got to assume, if Apple is smart, they're not going to release it on, like, a single... The If they put it on a single frame that looks the same, I think that could be a problem. But it is Gen 1. So let's just... Actually, you know what? Forget it. Let's say their first design will be a single design. But it would be smarter to put it on a few designs just because glasses are so personal. They really learned about this from the Apple Watch, how personal it is. I don't, I don't know if everyone wants to be wearing the same looking glasses uh, that are Apple glasses. And then also, how big or how nasty of a logo are they going to do? I think they really got to be smart about it and make it really subtle. I hope it's like some sort of a brushed metal or shinier metal that is just like, really subtle on the side. Don't don't put a big fat white Apple logo on the center of the bridge of the glasses unless it glows. Unless it glows then okay, maybe I'm there, but this headset, right? It's expected to synchronize with the iPhone, so the iPhone is going to be doing all the heavy lifting here, display things such as texts, emails, maps, and even potential games over the user's field of vision. The report says that Apple has even considered including an app store with the headset, just like it does with all of their devices. Remember the Apple Watch recently just got an app store? So they're really pushing this, hiring experts in graphics and game development to establish the glasses as a leader in a new product category. And the natural evolution is down, down the road. Maybe it's the successor to the iPhone. But wait, I... I think the i the iWatch, the Apple Watch is the successor of the iPhone before the glasses just cuz everyone doesn't wear glasses. Again, if they can integrate this into uh some cool looking shades, that's probably that would make sense for me because I don't wear glasses. But even if we look down at 2020, right? We know the challenge of glasses. Look, Apple has 
a whole lot more on their table. We're talking about 2020 being the year of the the next big leap for the iPhone, 5G, right? On the iPhone, maybe a fingerprint touch display, USB-C finally in the iPhone 5G. I mean, it'll be the workhorse most likely. The, the processing power in the current iPhone and the next year's iPhone is gonna be more than enough to power these glasses. And they're gonna have, the A13 Bionic is ridiculous. It's, it's almost about a year and a half or two years ahead of what the rest of the industry is doing. It's crazy how good the A their A family of processors has evolved and become. It's insane. So I think you got a lot of exciting stuff around there. Just those two products alone. iPhone 2020, Apple Glasses, in 2020, Apple Watch probably with sleep detection in 2020. Uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see what we get from the Mac side, but you still have the family of all their stuff. But from a big new product standpoint, I think it's going to be exciting. I think that you might you might hear me get a little giddier than normal when 2020 comes around because I think it's going to be a kind of a specialist year. And if you watch my video and I talked about the Apple glasses. I threw this out and I think that what a coincidence is it that Apple is releasing glasses in 2020. And I think that if they want to do a really cool campaign, it should be something like your 2020 vision is here. You know what I'm saying? You like that? Glasses 2020, 2020 vision. Okay. Yeah. I'm nodding my head. I don't know if you are. You're either shaking your head or you stop this podcast and just moved on to the next one. All right. Let's thank the sponsors of the show. And that would be you. You. Thank you so much, everyone, for supporting the show at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. It's a way to support all of my independent content. I'm doing this all on my own. Thank you for all of your support so far. It starts at $2 per month. If I've been worth a cup of coffee for you a month and that value that I give to you is worth that to you, $5 a month. We have $10, $25, $100 at the platinum level. We also have different rewards, early access to content, different kind of content for those of you that are on the Patreon. Um, I'm also bringing something new. I'm going to try and launch it in December for you guys and gals. Um, But you'll see, you know, I've been building up and kind of making this work. But also the big advantages of this, not only rewards at different levels of support, but also a completely ad-free version of the show. So you don't hear this if you have the Patreon version. There is a link on the Patreon page if you support this that you can then plug into your podcast app and hear this show completely ad-free. So thank you so much for your support. I'm so grateful for it, and I'd love for you to support this show. It helps me out as well. Patreon.com slash Brian Tom. All right, let's keep on rolling. Apple TV Plus, the service is coming out November 1st. All right, and there's already been some really good buzz around their shows. Now, one of the criticisms of Apple TV Plus is that, oh, they're not going to have much mature, mature content. They're going to stray away from sexual content and from violence. Well, there was a screening of the show C. Now that is the Jason Momoa show where it's like, you know, mankind, some viruses gotten in them and some people can't see and they have to live in this world. It's like Game of Thrones meets, uh, was it 
is it bird box? Yeah, bird box. I was almost going to say blind box. It's not that. So according to early screenings, C's first episode will include several blood splattering fights and masturbation scenes. I hope that's not one scene together. I think they're saying those are separate, separate incidences. (laughs) Sorry. Blood splattered fights and masturbation scenes. I think and not and yeah, separate. So that's clearly where sex and violent scenes are not, you know, not being avoided at all. Nudity is not in display, okay, but there's implied sexual activity. According to this, it, the first episode of C will be rated as 15 plus in the UK, and apparently some episodes may be even rated 18 plus, which would debunk the whole rumblings that they were just only going to stick to friendly fam- family-friendly content. Also, according to reports, The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell will include ample amount of swearing and cursing across its season. And I even said that that had to be the case because if you've been in the newsroom and no one drops a single F-bomb or anything, that is not a newsroom. There's, there's just not. So maybe Apple TV's bring a little edge. I don't know. I mean, they need it. Uh, I'll... I'll still use the service for a year and then I'll decide if I want to um, pony up. But you know me, I've been on, I've really been all over Disney plus service. Like I'm all over them, like white on rice. So early reactions to the Mandalorian. I'm just throwing this in here because I want to. Okay. People got a 30 minute screen of the Mandalorian. I actually was invited to go to this, but I was in the Bay area. I could not go fine. Life goes on. That probably affects me more than losing my iPhone. No, it doesn't. Ah, oh, those jerks. Okay, anyways, so the media got an extended look at The Mandalorian, and no spoilers here, but everyone is raving about this thing. They saw snippets from three episodes. It was edited, so they they didn't see a single episode all the way through. They don't want to give away too many spoilers. People are saying things like, the footage is amazing, it's incredible, it looks like the film, it feels like the original trilogy, the the style of it, it introduces new concepts, that according to Mansoor Mithiwala, Mike Ryan says, it looks incredible. We saw Blank attacking Blank. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil that for you. Damn it, why did I read that crap? I should not have read that. I should not have read that one to myself. Uh, Peter... Scaretta says it feels like a thrilling return to the original trilogy era of Star Wars. It feels like a big scale movie and not a TV series. They're keeping a lot of mystery with deliberate cuts in the footage. That's Peter Scaretta from Slash Film. So everyone is just loving this. Scott Wampler says Mandalorian footage was hands down the most exciting thing I saw. Holy beep. Gobsmacked by it. They're getting me hype about that. And if there's one show to be really hyped about it is it is absolutely that one also you know i'm pretty high on apple arcade although i stopped my subscription to it i tried out the one month trial i thought it was honestly an amazing service for anyone who wants to play mobile games and then if you have a family that's just the icing on top there's so many amazing things i i I might jump back on it just because i want to finish the uh, sayonara Hearts game, which was freaking beautiful. Anyways, Apple Arcade adds five new games on the iPhone, iPad, 
and Apple TV as well. And then they're expanding some of those games onto the Mac platform. New titles, scroll, side-scrolling action platformer called Fallen Night, a barnyard game called Hogwash, a hypnotic getaway called Life Life Chapter 1, a puzzler game called Tales of Memo, and a role-playing folktale called Yaga. Those are the five new games that are being thrown into the mix. There are gameplay trailers for all of them if you go to YouTube's Apple Arcade site. So as of now, Apple Arcade now has 89 games available for iOS and tvOS, 81 available on macOS, and it's closing in on its promise for over 100 games. $4.99 per month. I honestly loved it when I used it, but I'm not in the I, I'm not gonna do, you know, Apple Arcade long term, but I think it's a killer, killer service. I'm really curious what the numbers are for it because I don't know. I think that should be one of their most successful services. More even even dare I say more successful than Apple TV Plus. Don't kill me here, Apple. I'm just saying it. It's not like they can invite me to their events anyways. And then we want to wrap up this show to say hap just to say happy, happy birthday for, you know, honestly, arguably the device that started and really kickstarted Apple's mobile revolution, the iPod. Oh my God, the original OG iPod. I still have it. It still works. The scroll wheel is amazing. I, you know, I even wanted to play some of this like original iPod music in the background. Remember this? The dude was like on his computer and then all of a sudden he pl- takes his music from his computer and then plugs in his iPod. He's like bumping his head around. I mean, if you if you remember that, I know there's there's some people that literally are listening that have never saw that commercial. That's fine. You can watch it on YouTube. I mean, that's how that's why I'm an OG. I'm even more OG than that. But the Apple iPod marks its 15th birthday. A thousand songs in your pocket, a deck of cards. It was only available for the Mac. It only connected over Firewire, which was this awesome data connection before USB-C existed, before USB 2.0, before Lightning, before the Apple 30-pin connector. Firewire, look it up. It was used as a cable connection also to transfer digital video from DV, mini DV cameras to your computer. It started at just five, it not even started, it only had five gigs of storage. I paid $3.99 for it. I think at the time, did I have an Apple? You know what? No, I didn't. I was trying to say, did I? I worked for the Apple retail stores back then. No, I didn't get a discount on it, but $3.99, it is one of my most beloved Apple products of all time because it's it still literally works. Eventually, I don't know if you remember this, but Apple had this fun thing where they made it compatible with Windows and then Steve Jobs on his keynote said like hell has frozen over because they finally put a software app on Windows and it was for the Apple iPod. There were a lot of there were a lot of MP3 players before then, but Apple kind of put their name on the game. There was like the Nomad series, there was a Rio series. Even Sony had an MP3 player, but the iPod just was like, "Nah, get out the way." And then, right, we had the iPod Mini, the Shuffle, the Nano. Microsoft threw their Zune into the mix. I actually thought the Zune was actually really cool, but the iPhone, I mean, sorry, the iPod was just so much cooler. Oh, it's crazy to think, right? Like, it's, as of now, right now, 
the iPod is 18 years old. I I almost for a second I'm like, wait, can can the iPod legally drink alcohol? I believe that age is 21 and not 18. And my voice just cracked like Phil Schiller, and I don't care. I'm gonna leave it on the podcast. So, right, 21 is the legal drinking age, not 18. Yes, <laughs> I think so. I don't I don't look this stuff up. I'm way I'm way past that. Anyways, happy birthday to the iPod. You are a freaking classic, and you know, really kind of jumpstart and kickstart Apple's whole mobile revolution. It was the iPod, and then it was the iPhone, and then it was the iPad, and those were the golden years that I still miss but uh it was amazing it was an amazing time quite honestly and i remember it was a little keynote inside of apple's headquarters it was very unassuming it wasn't the massive show that you have today it it was filled with obviously a lot of apple employees a few media members there's a video recording of it that was later posted i think quite honestly when the keynote happened it was first they recorded the audio stream and then posted it somewhere like it was This is way, way back in the day, but it was amazing. So happy birthday, iPod. I got nothing but love for you, and that's why I spent so much time talking about it. So let's get to the phone calls. We didn't get too many, so I'm going to get through them. But remember, be a part of the show. Call in. Man, reminisce with me. iPod? You all had the original iPod? Was there even something else even more important to you that you want to reminisce about, Apple stuff? Call in. Use the voice memo app. Record it, keep it around a minute, minute and a half, tell me your name, where you're from, send it along to the applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. All right, let's get to our first call. We've got a call from Eric who would like to contribute to some of the apples in this show. Hey, Brian, what's up? This is Eric. I'm calling you from Michigan, and I got two good apples and one meh apple i guess i would call it not a bad apple just meh um so my two good apples have got to go to the software updates uh ios uh, 13 and os catalina Uh, for me uh neither were very buggy which is always a plus but more importantly it feels like they really listen to consumers uh with a lot of the changes they made in these um i love sidecar um on os catalina I love how iOS 13 has kind of changed the way the iPad feels when you use it. Some really nice updates there. I feel like they may have just been overshadowed by the new iPhone release. Uh, the Matt Apple has got to go to the reports of these new AirPod Pros. Uh, so I know that they call stuff Pro just because it's the most expensive. At least that's what they're doing now. But, I mean, these are headphones that you cannot even use to edit video or audio because they're just too slow. Um, So, I mean, calling them pro, I think, to me, is a little bit of a stretch. And secondly, I I just don't think I can spend $260 on some headphones just so I don't have to hear, like, crying babies on a plane. I think for $260, there's just better options out there that will give you a little better sound quality. I think that the popularity of AirPods was partly because of their price point. You know, what you were getting – for that $159. Anyway, love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Peace. All right, Erica, nice points in there. I I do agree with you. I think, you know, this is Apple's kind of logic now. They're like, hey, uh, the AirPods are still there. They're not going away. We're just going to give you a more premium version. And to your point, you're right. They're, it all comes down to, right, people's preference, what type of headphone they're looking for. 
brand loyalty because quite honestly, the best deal out there right now for a headphone that's around the $300 range, and it will probably get even crazier once Black Friday comes around, is you got to look at the Sony 1000 XM3s and the Bose QC QuietComfort 35 2s because Bose has the new 700s. I put out a review on my YouTube channel of them. They're great, but for their price and how they they have some great tech in them, but for me, when I'm using noise-canceling headphones and I wear them for a long time on planes, they've got to be comfortable, and they're just not that comfortable. Sony's sound amazing. Bose QC35 twos, the generation before the 700s, sound amazing, and you're going to be able to find those around $300 specifically around Black Friday. There's been off and on times where those headphones themselves are $300 right now, whereas the Bose 700s are $400, which is kind of kind of a big jump for me. Um, again, I think they look great. I think they're awesome, but when I think about most people, I don't. It wasn't enough like to just go ahead and upgrade if you already own earlier Bose or you own the Sony 1000 XM3s. And we know that the XM4s are supposedly maybe coming by the end of the year. Maybe not, but there's a lot of other options out there. So thanks for calling in, Eric. All right, we got another call from our man, Ryan, who wants to talk about the updates as well. Hey, Brian, this is Ryan from Boston, Massachusetts. I had a question. Um, Ever since I updated from the XS to the 11 Pro, um, I've had issues with my podcast app. Um, I never had this before. Uh, I'll click on any podcast in the stream just to play it, like a, a new one from you. I'll click on it and it just crashes. It might play for a second, but then it'll crash. Um, I never had this, like I said, an issue before. Um, My only go around is clicking on details and then clicking the play button. I wanted to see if this was an issue for other people. I looked online. I didn't really see anyone talking about it. Hopefully Apple knows about it and it will be fixing a new update. Um, But I love what you do. Keep up the great work. And uh, yeah, take care. Thanks so much, Ryan, for calling. You know, I honestly... Um, it was weird. I actually, I didn't think, I didn't even think that it's one of those weird, stupid things where like, I didn't think it was a bug, but I remember that, you know, because I use an an iPhone 10R is kind of like a, to put on the developers betas and stuff like that on it. I actually did have something like that happen. And I was like, ah, whatever, I'll just update the software. And then it went, and we know that Apple has released three software updates in the past month for the original release of iOS 13. So, um, whether you write me a note or call in again, just let me know if that got resolved. And you know, it's I like it when you guys and gals call in with that stuff sometimes because a it's important because y'all need to hear the podcast first of all, okay. But second of all, uh, other people might experience similar things and then they can just chime in. But hopefully, with what it is, iOS thirteen point one point three, that that has been resolved. And then we just got a quick email um, from Kevin Degante who said, a while back I made the comment that the iPhone XR was for Power Rangers. You said they needed to throw some love for the Green Ranger, and Apple listened. So, Kevin, you know, you're right. I don't know if it's really the Green Ranger. It's kind of more like the Mint Green Ranger? The Mint Green one? Not, Not as cool as Tommy, the Green Ranger? I hope, yeah, it was a Tommy. Yeah, it was Tommy. Anyways, beggars can't be choosers, but yes. You you got your wish. Apple clearly listens to this podcast or my videos. I know they listen because they still ain't inviting me to the keynotes. <laughs> All right, everybody. 
That's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for supporting the show at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. Also, got to show love to our platinum apples at the $100 level. Goodness, thank you so much for your support. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Calvin Fatakar. And then also, if you can't support the show financially, there are other ways to do it. Please tell your friends about the show that you know that are into this stuff that want to listen. But also... You can five-star review the Apple Bits XL podcast on iTunes. I know most of you listen on iTunes or give it a great rating on your other platforms. Plus, put a comment in because it elevates it in the algorithm. And we're getting pretty close to 1,000 five-star reviews. There's similar related podcasts that have been out for years. They ain't even on that level. We on another level. For reals. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, everyone, for... uh, for being a part of this. It's it's awesome. So that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again. Take care, everybody. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Yeah.